energy of feelings. Turn to the dark side. Listen to Coffee with Tony, the podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Coffee with Tony, the podcast. I'm back after two weeks. Um, We took Memorial Day week off. I took it off just to sort of recalibrate. Um, And then, uh, you know, the George Floyd murder, uh, violent murder happened um, by those criminal police in uh, Minneapolis. And the four officers now, of course, are all charged by the state attorneys general. But there are protests every day. Uh, Anyone who's been to any of my Trump versus Bernie shows knows that um, I've been speaking about this uh, as a white middle-aged male comic playing the president of the United States, talking about the inequalities, and I'm certainly not the only one, but uh, I'm not surprised by what's happening, and um, I am also would uh, encourage you to go to Black Lives Matter or Act Blue, places where you can donate or go to find resources for protest or to support bailout. Uh, I would also say that if you are, uh, you know, be an ally, and if you're white, you know, listen, follow the lead of the movement that is breaking ground right now and be supportive and don't let up. Um, and there is a way to both be a part of this movement and not overtake it. And I think that there is an instinct and a desire, especially in some corridors of white liberalism, to figure out how they can co-op, take over and colonize a movement, um, especially a black movement, I should say, colonize a black movement. And uh, I think this is a time to not let the fervor of your orgasmic white liberalism uh, to take over uh, and instead sit back, relax, especially you young white men and middle-aged white men uh, of liberal-leaning persuasion, and chill the fuck out and listen. Uh, so uh, that's why it's been a two-week delay. I think this week was contemplative, and uh, I definitely took some time to just look at the state of the world. Um, and so now we're back, and so therefore this podcast is a little old. Uh, Maria Dakotas is a really funny comic. She's a great actor. She's a great impressionist, a character person. Uh, she's done The Tony Show a few times. She's a stand-up comic all around New York. An actor, you might have seen her um, uh, in these New York Post uh, little web uh, things that were coming up uh, this past uh, fall. And um, recently, she started doing uh, lip syncs to Governor Cuomo and really running with the whole Governor Cuomo's daughter, boyfriend narrative thing. Anyone who's been watching the Cuomo press conferences knows about this. Um, and uh, she's caught fire, uh, as a, many people are in the next wave, the 2020 wave of internet success and fame. I am of the graduating class of 2016 with Randy Rainbow and James Adomian and uh, Vic Berger, myself. So um, I thought it'd be fun to have her on uh, to talk with her about that experience. We, of course, we got into a lot of different areas of life as I tend to wind through uh a lot of tangents before I get to the point. Um, 
so I hope you'll enjoy it. And uh, even the, and, and just to remind everyone that this whole conversation took place before any of this happened. So that's the reason we don't mention it. And uh, it's not that we're uh, ignoring it. Um, but I, uh, I wanted Maria's podcast to come out. And um, I think that in light of the times, um, you know, the subject matter is obviously in, in this podcast going to be influenced by what I do in the Coffee with Tony's Live. So uh, the subject uh, will definitely move to what's going on now um, in the subsequent podcasts. Uh, but I hope you'll really enjoy this. And strange to say that this is from the bygone days of when there was just the pandemic and not the uh, beginning of the collapse of the United States and um, maybe the beginning of a violent dictatorship. I'm not sure. So let's enjoy this interview with Maria Dakotas, where we just talk comedy, veganism, surviving during the pandemic, and uh, what happens when you wade into the world of political comedy. I hope you will enjoy. Where Where are you from originally? I'm from Atlanta. That's right. You're from Atlanta, but you're an Italian from Atlanta. I know. It makes no sense. There's no Italians there, really. My parents are from Utica, New York, and okay. they moved down there. Like, my dad got a job, and then they moved down there, and then uh, I was born and raised there. So, By the way, everyone, the audience, just so the audience knows, the ice cream truck is fucking here, as it <laughs> always is, and Who's I don't care. buying ice cream I'm, from a truck right now? Well, I went on a whole jag about this the other oh, okay. day where I'm like, the I, no, the ice cream truck to me is like a COVID delivery device yeah. because it's it's cold. Like the virus <laughs> survives in the cold and it is a public fucking like virus dispensary, <laughs> creamy virus. It's disgusting. That's exactly how I feel. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Oh my it's God. activated every, has this activated any, like, do you have any OCD to begin with? And has, has the pandemic really like engaged it? I do have a little bit to begin with. Like, I like to be really clean. And um, like my friend Eileen, she'll just like eat stuff off the floor that's oh. been there for a long time. Like not even that just dropped. And she'll, Jesus, like, <laughs> your friend she, Eileen's disgusting. She does crazy <laughs> shit. Like one time we were in a public bathroom and she was doing her makeup. And then she like went and touched like the toilet like thing at the top of the toilet, you know, where you fix it. Uh, yes. What's that called? The oh, you mean the plunger? Like the, the, not the plunger, the toilet plunger, but the plunger inside the toilet when yeah. you have to like. She yes. like touched that and then she just like went back to doing her makeup, like touching her face. I was like, how? That's filthy. And she was like, I don't care, Maria. I don't care. I know I'm a filthy bitch. I know I'm nasty. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just people... like, <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Well, I also love the notion of admitting, being like, I acknowledge that I'm disgusting oh, yeah. is somehow like a like positive <laughs> she admits it and she's like my immune system is so strong so don't come at me you know <laughs> so <That's> disgusting <laughs> to give just the background i know maria i found maria on twitter this is the only time this has ever ever happened to me ever in my life <laughs> but because she, you had opened for mike berbiglia one particular time on broadway right mm -hmm. Uh, Mike had happened, I think, to retweet you, 
I uh, I saw that retweet. I went down the rabbit hole with your impressions, with your Natasha Leone impression, and then sort of just characters and a variety of different uh, things you were putting out there. And I felt a kinship immediately, I think, in the sense of like, oh, I mean, I think because it was like you seem like part more actor than impressionist. In the sense that it's not like you're someone who's like, here's my like funny voices. Like, it seemed to me like it was in pursuit of a thing which I identify with. I get very frustrated, especially it's a double edged sword because I made my living and career off of doing Trump. But I at the same time bristle deeply when people are like, do your Trump, like do your Trump. And I want to <laughs> fucking kill everybody. I know. Um, and so then I think it just the stars that aligned in the sense that I was trying to get back into finding my bliss again and doing variety shows because I had just been doing my TV show. I wasn't doing anything and I was in a way feeling unhappy at the fact that I wasn't exploring anything. Long and the short is that I reached out and then you came and did I think you did two Tony shows, right? Or three? And I, I, did, I did one of your three, shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I did one with John, and we'll get into that resounding bomb, uh, and 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 how John and I learned very quickly that comedy had passed, that our brand of comedy had passed, had, had we 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 are truly dinosaurs from a bygone venue. era. It was the wrong venue. It, I truly believe it was like, yeah, the wrong setting for improv. I mean, they weren't was... expecting improv. They were like, stand up, stand up, stand up, improv. You know? I know. Oh well, they were they weren't expecting it, and also like, <laughs> like I think half of them we were so we were double the age of anybody in that fucking room, and and I mean <laughs> I know I was I was dumb. So I think they really didn't. Some people actually think we were from Dow Chemical. Yes, I think people didn't realize it was Im improv because I just had introduced you. You were like just introduced us as our characters. Which yeah. is like, okay, if you're at an improv theater, then people are like, you know, they're improvising. But so I just introduced you as your character. So I think people just genuinely thought that that's who you were. Yes. But just to give the context, this was at Club Coming, which is on 6th, right? In mm -hmm. Avenue A. I mean, God knows nobody's there now. But um, the uh, uh, and but it was a pretty full house and it was a wide variety of uh, patrons. We had every sort of stripe and. And I remember walking in going, oh, my God, I'm this is it. I'm relevant again. I'm in this hip young room and there's trans comics and there's people of color and there's I'm fine. I'm not doing the Lily White UCB. This is so great. I'm going to really this is John and I are going to connect and build a new audience for our, you know, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I had was no idea this was, this was going through your mind. There's so much going through my mind all the time. <laughs> that makes There's a lot of sense. Huge opera happening in my <laughs> head. And John and I were, our joke was that we were going to be, uh, we were going to, we were two mem uh, representatives of Dow Chemical doing outreach, coming to this. And I think the, the joke on the joke was we went, okay, this will be the way we will sort of acknowledge that we're a little bit fish out of water here. So we'll really lean into it and be these two like Dow chemical reps who are talk trying to convince people that sea creatures enjoy oil and plastics. 
And um, the audience was stoned, cold, <laughs> silent. I mean, silent and disgusted. I think the and then I thought, oh, well, making a joke about how lobsters are cutters will be funny because, right, everyone loves a good cutting joke. And I think probably half that audience was still in the midst of going through their cutting. They were so young. So uh, so people were like taking it real personally. And then, you know, things get bad when John hit the piano and then we improvised the song out. And uh, <laughs> you and was it Rachel Sennett? Rachel Sinat, I don't know how to pronounce her name, were the only two people who were like, that's okay. <laughs> okay, good job. Bye-bye. It's okay. You did good. You did good. Oh, well, it's God. just like a, it's just a whole different environment, you know, a stand-up show. Because people is, are yes. like expecting something different. So I really think that it was just like the, the venue. <laughs> no, I really do think about it. Because the night before I did your show and you guys killed. Yes, and, but that's because it was our show. So, like, we have an uh, we have that what the six audience. people who come every time. Yeah. I mean, that's the one claim to fame that John and I have is that we never our audience never jumped over forty, no matter how <laughs> many times we did the show. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you so you're in Georgia. I want to get back. So you're in Georgia. You uh, then you go to Boston University, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you go to school at Boston. Now, did you look at, now, did, did you go for performing arts or what did you go for? Yeah, I majored in acting. You majored in acting and no interest in going to Emerson. I applied for Emerson, but I got on the wait list. <gasps> really? Yeah. And so. you go and BU and BU said, yes, please, we'll take you. Mm-hmm. Well, what sons of bitches at Emerson? <laughs> Emerson, by the way, is not the college it used to be. So you're probably better off. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Emerson, but um, uh, that's interesting. Well, I got in the opposite. I got in like the freshman academic studies program, like where like you're on probation for the first six months because I had probation. such bad grades. Oh. I had such I, I was a terrible student. So what does and that I'm, mean? Like they're like, you better have good grades or else you can just get kicked out. I had to have a 3.5 my, my freshman year or they would not let me come back for sophomore year. Wow. Yes. So I did really well freshman year and then I blew everything off for the next three years. Well, you did it when it counted and that's what matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. So now, well, so when you went to Boston, you're this Georgia, you're this, you know, little hayseed, this Italian hayseed from Georgia. So how do you adjust to Boston and the cold, evil sort of world of Boston that's, you know, Brahmin and brutal and fights yeah. All that stuff. Boston was so just like deathly cold. I couldn't, I was so upset every day of winter and the winters lasted so long and we would have to walk because, so BU is, you know, on Commonwealth Avenue and then yes. there's the Huntington Theater where we did a lot of performing and stuff there. And That's right. It's kind of far from the subway from where we are. So like we would just have to walk in the blistering cold to get to the, like in the wind and the, the, the my senior year there were blizzards like every weekend for like six weeks in a row and so there was one class that I had on Friday or on Mondays that I just like never had and then because it was like once a week and I came in after all the blizzards and my professor was like yeah so I mean I guess we'll just like try to do the final project you know <laughs> like we, it was just like shot we had so many snow days um 
but yeah and then there was another theater the um uh what what is it called the uh boston center for performing arts i think and that was also far from the t so we were just like walking to these theaters throughout the winter just miserable well that was yeah i mean that was that what year was your senior year then 2015 oh yeah your senior year was 2015 or i mean that's when i graduated rather Oh my God. But that's because I went, I transferred to BU from another school. I did one year at Georgia Tech. So I'm a little, I'm like a year older. Yeah. Well, I got held back in seventh grade. That's how I'm a year older. I repeated seventh grade. (laughs) I don't know. I think seventh grade's probably one of the most humiliating (laughs) grades you could possibly be held back. Oh my God. That's horrible. Like you're going through puberty and you're being held back. Yes. Double awkward. And you know what happens when you get held back? in seventh grade is your your um entire system actually restarts your puberty oh god it's the worst everything like shrinks back in and then comes back out again (laughs) by the way i don't know what my idea of puberty is (laughs) things aren't coming out it shrinks back in (laughs) it shrinks back in although i will say growing pains were real i always think about this now about when my arms and legs started to hurt do you remember this? Oh, really? I don't know if that... Oh, well, actually, yeah, that did happen to me. I'm pretty and, small, but... Oh, it was I grew brutal. A little, yeah. Brutal pain. It's probably worse for you, because boys usually, like, shoot up really fast. Yeah, I wish I was tall. I'm only five foot ten and a half, and I really emphasize the half. I wish I was taller. I say it all the time. It is true that the first time I met you, I was like, oh, she's very short. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is why I wish I were taller because um, you know that one of my jobs is that I'm a wedding officiant. Yes, yes. So I marry people all the time and they're either like normal size, which is huge compared to me, or a giant, which is like enormous compared to me. And so like I'm like this tiny person standing in between them. I look like a child marrying them. It's just like so (laughs) embarrassing. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to like find out that I'm small. They already found out like this is what's going through my brain. (laughs) They're like, How do they hire you? So how do you get hired as a wedding officiant? Are you part of like a, a, a pool or some sort of dispatch service or i work for a company it's a it's like a small company there's like i guess like seven officiants and um so they do they inquire online and then my boss sends out like inquiries to the officiants like whoever's available when did you decide to be a wedding officiant was there another job you did like what jobs have you done in new york since you came to new york i worked at like several restaurants in i worked at like several vegan restaurants. I worked at two down near Washington Square Park. And oh. then I worked at one in near Union Square. Do you ever work at Blossom? I didn't work at Blossom, but I do love okay. their food. Um, okay. I worked at Peace you... Food Cafe, which was like the more... Yeah, I know Peace Food. Are you a vegan, by the way? I am, yes. Still practicing? Yeah, still now? practicing. Even in the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the... I know. Well, actually, it makes perfect sense. We're going to eat meat now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, this is the time to go, hell, I'm in the house. No one can see me. Um, no, I mean, but it is funny, though, that like a vegan's like, I don't care if there's a meat shortage. I don't care if there's like a, a supply chain shortage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at least on meat. Although I have noticed like for like, what was it, like three, four weeks, no radishes. Could not find fucking radishes yeah. to save my life. <laughs> But what I'll say is that in cooking, I wanted to stretch things. Mushrooms, radishes, 
certain things that like really are good for meat. Avocado, mm-hmm. in other words, substitutes like having like a half of an avocado with rice and cutting it with a knife sort of feels like you're eating something of substance, right? Mm-hmm. Grilling mushrooms. So I guess my thing is somebody who does eat meat, I feel the need that I have to have some of that sort of tactile sense when eating, and do you feel that's necessary for you and your veganism? No, like the texture of it. Like sometimes I do yes. crave that kind of texture. And I do eat like fake meat products like tofu and like seitan and stuff like that. And because sometimes I just like really want that that texture, like you're saying, that substance. Yeah. So I did like when I think when I first went vegan, I, I wasn't really miss like missing it that much. But then I started to like really kind of crave it. Like I don't ever really crave actual meat. I'm not like I want to eat an actual piece of an animal, but that texture I do miss. A world on the brink. And as humanity strives to survive, we search for the light in the darkness. Well, your search is over. The real Tony on Patreon is the mighty torch of reason in unreasonable times. Support and subscribe to patreon.com backslash the real Tony and gain access to exclusive footage, audio, photos, and early podcast releases. Support for the real Tony on Patreon ensures that Coffee with Tony and all Tony-related products and creations will exist for all perpetuity in all times and universes. A basic subscription is just $5 a month. Go to patreon.com backslash therealtony and subscribe today. Civilization is counting on you. I, I do talk about being Italian a lot. I'm only actually a quarter Italian, but it is most of my really? identity. How is that possible? Italian is such a strong gene. It takes over, you know? I yeah, well, that's like... the, yeah, it's the entirety of my identity. <laughs> and you're only a fourth. That's so funny. I can't fourth, believe it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you're being prejudicial. I think it, I say stuff like that about Italians all the time. Like Italians do this, they're loud, they're obnoxious or, you know, whatever they do this. Yes. Well, <laughs> the, the way they depicted Carla in Cheers, have you ever watched Cheers? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know how Carla, the first season, they basically compare her to a fucking ape yeah. like three times. I'm like, my God. I'm like, this is so insane. Like, they're like, Carla, you rutting pig. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's like so fucked up. They're like, you hairy, disgusting ape. And you're like, guys, I can't believe the prejudice that is being shown towards Carla. They compare her to an ape. There is That's an horrible. actual, right? That Diane oh compares her to an ape. Wow. It's awful. Yeah. But it's, by the way, it's one of the only prejudices I think you can still get away with improvising. See, I feel like if you are, if you like belong to the community, then like you can, you have free reign, obviously. Yeah. But then you like in a live situation, you have to, you don't have time to explain. You have to be like, it's don't like, worry, I, I'm Jewish. Yeah. You'd have to have like a playbill. Like you'd have to have like a playbill <laughs> that says like your race and like what you're allowed to make fun of. Maybe we should do that oh when we God. all return back from covid it's like that is here you know right yes (laughs) you'd be like you know i'm allowed to make fun of this because i had covid (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly or whatever it is i I am getting my antibody test next week oh that's great yeah i need to do that too i want to get it because i want to find out 
I think I had it. You do? Like, yeah. I think I had like a, I think I got it from Europe. I think I got it in December coming back from Europe. Where did you go? I went to London and then Amsterdam and then back to London. And when I, a guy coughed right in my face at a sandwich shop in Amsterdam. And then two days later, <laughs> I had a fever that kept like coming and going and a oh. dry cough. And that lasted all the way back to New York. And then I flew to LA and then I flew to Seattle and then I flew to San Francisco. Oh God, you were and working and you were better. just like, you I just was had touring. a fever I was the doing whole time. Trim. Well, oh, I would have a fever God. one day, no fever the next day, fever the next day, then no fever for two days. you just weren't resting. Right. But what I'm hoping is I had COVID yeah. because then I'm immune to it. Right. Is that That's true, though? Because they keep they keep changing the story. They're like, well, if you did have it, then you can't get it again. But now they're not sure. I think that one will end up being true. Yeah. I think I think that like here's the other one. I wonder if like, you know how like they have those like dance compilation things, especially like they used to be like bigger. It'd be like dance, dance, 72. Right. Like they would advertise them in the subway and it's like all the like hot 97 club hit like oh, and they yes. used to they used to have them as like CDs they would advertise back when CDs in in Europe they have them like you know like it's like punk you know it's like pop pop 22 right yeah. i think that <laughs> if covid continues like to like come out every year they'll like call it covid 20 covid 21 and i can imagine 10 years from the future where like we're so used to covid outbreaks that it becomes like a thing that we promote and market as part of our season where they're like, get ready, get ready for COVID 25. <laughs> oh my God. Right. And it's like pumping dance music. <laughs> that's Don't horrifying. you think that's what we do with everything now? I like, mean, we might as well celebrate it, I guess, if it's going to happen, we might as well join it. I don't know. Well, we have no choice, right? Yeah. So post college, how did you transition from acting um, into comedy? Well, I guess when I was a kid, I did, theater when I was a kid and musical theater and stuff and community theater and I would always kind of get cast as the comedic character in in almost everything I did and like through high school too and then when I went to college um, the same thing kind of happened I kept getting cast in these absurd or surreal plays as like the weirdo crazy funny character and then my the school of theater at Boston University had an improv team and they had auditions every year and I had never really done improv I guess I maybe took an improv class but it was more like theatrical improv you know it wasn't comedy right. improv and then right. um more viola spolin based stuff yeah I think the book we read was um Thomas um gosh I can't remember anything my mind is Gone. I mean, an improv book is probably the most forgettable thing <laughs> that exists to that begin with. That makes me with. feel better. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so then the, the School of Theater had this comedy improv team, and they had auditions every year, and the auditions were very intense, like several rounds. And, oh, and yes. I just was like, I'm just going to audition. And I auditioned, and then I made it. And I was like s- surprised because I had never really done it before. And um, so then I started doing improv with them. And towards the end of my time there, we started working out of the UCB handbook. And because one of um, the members of our team, Ben Stanton, I don't know if you know him, but he was uh, he was on. Yeah, he was on a UCB team and uh, later, of course. But when we were in college, he was like, we should do the UCB 
stuff. So we started learning about that, and that was really fun and exciting and interesting to me. So, uh, oh, and then I also studied abroad my junior year in Italy. I studied Commedia dell'arte, so that was like all comedy based and like physical physical comedy and like mass work. Um, so then I was like getting more and more into this, and my casting at the college was reflecting all of that as well. Um, so when I graduated, I really wanted to study at UCB. That was like one of the main reasons I wanted to come to New York was to take classes there. Uh, so then I moved to New York and I started taking UCB classes. And I, of course, was like auditioning for theater and stuff. Um, I think when I first moved here, I got an audition for um, The Crucible on Broadway. And, oh my god! Yeah, it was, it was crazy, and um, but it was you know it's like very dramatic. Uh, yeah. And um, I mean I didn't get it obviously, but I was doing I was like doing theater auditions, and I I just wasn't focused enough because I wasn't like oh I want to do just TV or just comedy or just film. I was like I'll do anything you know. Right, right, right. Which at the time, and how old were you at that point? 22 23. 23 yeah you know i i only ide- I, I identify in this way cuz i think it was 26 when i came to new york and i i sort of i had like a longer gap from when i left my comedy group in college to when i w- kind of went back to comedy and then i and in the in, in the interim i had the same thing in Cali- i went to la after and it was the same sort of thing which is i knew i wanted to do it i and I don't even mean comedy. I knew like, I was like, Oh, I want to make films, but I kind of want to act, but I want to write, but you know, like I want to do it all. Yeah. And I don't know how to get in. And then you, it, for me, I picked this path where it, at some point I remember sitting at someone's house and they're like, well, if you keep working, then you, you're going to get your license to drive the 15, you know, foot van. And then next thing you know, you'll be transpo. And I was like, this is not, I mean, and I have the greatest respect for transpo and for every element of filmmaking. I did not want to be. That's, That's not what I wanted to do. That's a scary moment in your life, right? When you're yes. like, how long have I been a waitress? Wait, what? Yes. And you like kind of step back for a minute. You're a character person. You're doing these character things. We still need to do, maybe we do it as a Zoom. We still need to do our, yes. our Trump thing. We still need to do it. <laughs> did you have this design of like, I want to do comedy that also does shape, change, and effect? Especially if you join the All Women's Improv Group. Are you starting to, and it does seem like this is an awakening in this new wave of comedy and entertainment, is I want to have a point of view that's deeper than just I want to make funnies, even though that's also good. So I just, I'm curious about where your stance was prior to getting into this. Yeah, I mean, I think that my perspective and my point of view and my comedy and my stand-up was kind of focused on feminism and gender equality like I was already talking a lot about of the a lot about those themes yes um and they were important to me and I don't know if I was necessarily like I'm gonna talk about these things and they're gonna enact social change but I just want people to be aware of them and to see them from my perspective or to see them from a different perspective uh but when I started doing the Cuomo thing I wasn't really like latching on to his politics I was more latching on to like his personal crisis in his personal yes. life of like yes I'm falling apart I'm vulnerable I 
am insecure about my daughter's boyfriend, you know? So it's like, when I saw that part of him, that's kind of what was interesting to me and what was funny to me. So it was more of like me seeing Cuomo as, a, as he is as a dad and a human more than he is as a politician, because I ne- I've never really like talked about specific politicians in my stand-up or anything or brought up right. policies or, you know, I've never really, and I might make like a comment about Trump once in a while, but you know, right. he's just like all permeating. I wouldn't even say it's political to talk about Trump. It's just like, he's everywhere. Um, right, right. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it definitely is a new realm that I've entered in because I'm getting a lot of attention from a very specific uh, group of people who are focused on news and politics. And yes, even it though becomes very interesting, doesn't it? It's very interesting <laughs> and it's very intimidating because, yeah, yeah. because they want to know about my politics. And I like, yeah, I mean, I'm a very strong liberal, of course, but I, I'm not really like commenting on Cuomo's politics or like his. Well, yeah, well, this is the tough. This is. Yeah. Yeah. So so one, I, the thing I wanted to ask was, did you have the moment? See, because so when I was watching his press conferences and there was the one with the boyfriend and the meatballs, right, which is one of the first. It's, I don't even think it's the first one you did. I think it might have been the second one, right? That's the first the one meatballs? I did. It is the first one. The meatballs and the boyfriend, right? I watched that live. Yeah. And I watched that live. And so when I saw you do it, I was like, yes, I'm glad someone saw what I saw, which is that there's this breakdown happening. <laughs> yeah. He's stuck with his daughters. He likes it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like the boyfriend. And the reason I brought the Italian stuff up earlier was like, isn't there a connection there where you're like, this is like a fucking relative of mine? Yes. That's it's a very particular Italian mm-hmm. sarcasm mm-hmm. where he's saying so much in <laughs> yeah. what he's saying. And what I think you do so brilliantly with the cutaways is you are able to imply all of the reactions that the daughter's reacting and the son. I mean, the, the son, Jesus, the boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, it's not that Italian, um, that, but like that you are able to actually, you're, I, I wonder what the connection is with coming from the background that we both come from and knowing how, when an Italian family member talks, it's like an eight track. There's eight tracks of shit going on. Yeah. There isn't just one. There's eight tracks and you are figuring out how to isolate those tracks and show them. That's what I think is interesting and cool about it. Thank just you. to compliment you. That's cool. Um, and that each and that that it's like you're able to isolate and take these things in a way um, that's forming its own series. It's like it's writing its own series. Which He's is literally really cool. creating his own series for me. Yeah. Do you get concerned wading into this world that you will be sucked into the sort of Randy Rainbow? you know, Sarah Cooper, me, you know, world of, sorry, I blew up the mic there. The world of like, of, of, of the circus that surrounds the political cycle that eventually will burn itself out. And the cable cycle will eat you alive and spit you out. Yeah. So what do you think? I do get concerned about that because it's like, definitely my audience has changed so much. 
from yeah. like what it used to be because I didn't really have very many Twitter followers before. I was just kind of like putting stuff out for my other comedian friends in New York. Like I didn't really yeah. have a following. Um, so yeah, cause that's not really the kind of comedy that I do or that I really want to do is I don't really want to do political comedy. Um, right. But cause it's for losers. I mean, I wouldn't say that. No, I'm joking. I'm jo- <laughs> I wouldn't say the word loser. Loser is a strong word, but yeah, I don't know. Like I'm hoping that any kind of like this kind of attention can hopefully be translated into working on something else. Because what I really want to do is pitch my own TV show um, that's very far just like removed from what I'm doing now. It's like very different. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I'm just hoping that the attention will be able to be translated into some other kind of opportunity. Do you love gaming? Do you love streaming? Do you love comedy? Then you'll cream your jeans when you streams Shabby Fatty. Shabby Fatty? No, that's Shabby Fatty on Twitch. What's Twitch? Only the number one gamer streaming platform and Tony's on it. Playing with his friends, TV's members, John Gemberling, Gamertag, Pleasant Prick, plus Chatmaster, Sam Gripple. Tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 12.15 a.m. Eastern, 9.15 p.m. Pacific, for all the laughs and action at twitch.tv backslash shattyfatty. That's twitch.tv backslash s-h-a-t-t-y-f-a-t-t-y. And once you follow and subscribe to Shatty Fatty, you must follow and subscribe to Johnny G's Twitch stream as well. That's twitch.tv backslash pleasant prick. That's twitch.tv backslash p-l-e-a-s-a-n-t-p-r-i-q-u-e tune in today do you shoot them yourself and edit them yourself yes i do holy i'm a one-woman production company right on yeah and um how did you the one where you're all three of you are sitting on the bed and it's you the three daughters did you do that in iMovie or you do that in Adobe? I use uh, Premiere Pro. You use Premiere Pro. Yeah. So I use Premiere too. too. Are you like trained in Premiere at this point? I just Google or are you just what figuring I want to do. I just like, if I want to do something, I just Google it and then I watch tutorials and I learn how to do it. That's what I do too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's incredible because it's pretty seamless what you did. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, as the only person who will know this is Lainey Hirschfeld and Steve Rosenthal, my two editors uh, that I stay in touch with from President's Show. Mm-hmm. But they'll know that, like, my if there's anything that I am latent, I am latently an editor. Like, that's what I really yeah. probably wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough attention on me to be an editor. So, like, even when I had my show, I made sure that my office was on the same floor as the editing bays so that I could go in. So I'm very fascinated with the home production elements Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like editing's fun. It's cool, but... I, but I, for me, it's more of like a nuisance. I'm like, oh, now I have to edit this. You know, I'm like, oh, now yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> do you do you uh, uh, have lighting or do you have like a ring light you use? Yeah, I have a ring light. You have a ring light. Mm-hmm. Typical youth with the ring My light. My youth 
ring light. <laughs> your youth ring light. I right, won't get a ring light because I'm like, that makes me a YouTuber. That makes me a Gen Z TikToker. <laughs> yeah, t- do you do them on TikTok? No. no. So you release them You release them uh, uh, out on, on Twitter. On Twitter and uh, Instagram, yeah. Because TikTok, the, anyone can just take your audio and use it. And I worked really hard to like find this audio, you know, and like no shit, hunt it really? down and edit it to how I wanted it to be. And it's like, then someone can just use it. Hell That's no. crazy. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how many videos have you made now? Seven. Seven. And so have the, have the Cuomo people reached out? And do you know if Cuomo's seen this? I'm fairly sure he's seen it. He hasn't like reached out or liked it or anything, but his secretary, Melissa DeRosa, liked it. And so did his daughter, Mariah. Really? Yeah. So, like, liked it on Twitter. And um, Really? Oh, his sister actually just commented today because Lin-Manuel Miranda retweeted me. And Oh, that's it. <laughs> yes. I've had a Lin-Manuel retweet, and oh, okay. it's very good. No, but I mean, it's, like, really good, right? Yeah, it's very really good. Really gets your stuff going. Really gets me going. Um, and <laughs> his sister commented on it, Maria. And she, yeah, so she saw it. Like, would you work with them or do you want to decline that right now? Or, but like out of curiosity, like what, what's, what's the bedfellow you're willing to make? I don't know if I would. I mean, I think he's seen it and he probably like, I don't know what they would want. I mean, if they would want me to work on their campaign, but I, I honestly don't know right now. I don't know. Like, cause I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I don't want to, like, I feel like a lot of people do have, um, things that they criticize Cuomo about. Um, do you get some of that? Like, do you get red rosers particularly? Like, do you get like Dem- DSA folks who are like, you're like elevating Cuomo and like, yeah. you're like, you get that. Yeah. Yes. And, and let me guess, is there a fun stripe of misogyny in a lot of that? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Just a fun, yeah. fun stripe. A fun little stripe of misogyny. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the extreme left and the extreme right have the common uh, denominator of white, young anger? Yeah. <laughs> a white, male young, anger. Male white, anger. young, male anger. Oh, Isn't that interesting? It never ceases. It always prevails. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, I hate it. What uh, what what are you going to do in the future? You're going to keep making these and, and doing other things? And are you appearing on any like web shows or things like that in this fucking shitty world for comedy that uh, now exists? Yeah, I guess I'm going to keep making Cuomo videos as long as people still want to see them. As long as people keep saying more, 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 I will keep doing them. Um, if people get sick of them, then maybe I'll try making something else. Um, yes. Read the room. Um, yeah, I've just had a lot of, I'm not, the MSNBC one was the only, like, show, like, on, where I would be doing, like, a Zoom and show, and then the other ones were just, like, articles that people are contacting me to write, to write articles about me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just doesn't really, I don't really want to do stand-up over, over Instagram live stream. It just, like, doesn't feel right to me, so I don't really want to do that, so I feel like Right now, the only thing I really have control over is making videos and then working on writing that I can pitch when things start back up again. So what's your Patreon with the backslash? Do all your promoing, your your Twitter and all that stuff, please. So everything is just my first and last name, 
Maria Dakotis, M-A-R-I-A-D-E-C-O-T-I-S, because no one has my name. So I can walk into any website and just my name is my username. My name is my backslash. So like you can't get me out anywhere. <laughs> I'm right here. On. I've arrived. Uh, yeah. So that's my Twitter. That's my Instagram. That's my everything. It's just my name. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And then there's the patreon.com backslash Maria Dakotas. There's Twitter at Maria Dakotas and Instagram the same. Maybe she'll get a cameo going because she does so many great voices. And even if she charged 10, 15 bucks a shot, it's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's one thing I'm not shy about, you got to make money and you're online and we're all struggling. And as for two former waiters, we know that the hustle is what it's all about. Yeah. And if you don't have money and if you don't have a way to survive and you're living in New York City, right, then what is there? So uh, for everyone listening, you better go to Maria's uh, Patreon. <laughs> in fact, if you're considering, because there'll be an ad for my Patreon that I record my own ads in my podcast oh, and then play and then play them for <laughs> my shit. That's great. So everything's just ads for my stuff, <laughs> oh my which God. is the worst, because that means that people who subscribe to my Patreon are listening to an ad for something they've already subscribed <laughs> for and they can't skip it. <laughs> you got them hooked. Uh, but I, I try to make them entertaining, but um, I don't even want you. If you listen to this, don't bother. You get me on the next round. Go to Maria's first and do Thank her you. Patreon first, okay? Um, I so appreciate you talking to me. Uh, I, was there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover? Is there anything I didn't bring up? No, honestly, I feel like this was so chill and nice and like just like talking to a friend, and it was kind of... Uh... A relief compared to the other interviews I've done where I feel like really I've felt really nervous but this was just like oh what a relief I just get to like talk to a friend you know that's my interview with Maria Dakotas uh, as you could tell some of the audio overlap that came in through her headphones and my headphones ended up making its way into the uh, podcast and there's not much I can do about that I can only mute so much um, so I hope you enjoyed this and that it was from uh, a different time. And then we were recalling even a more different time when you could go perform in live shows. Um, and it made me happy, uh, to talk with Maria and to realize like, uh, reaching out to someone because of their talent and getting to meet them, uh, in a professional, uh, realm, uh, is a really awesome thing to, uh, think about when people, did that for me, invited me to do their show and that I can invite someone to do my show and that you can build a, a, a friendship in comedy over that is really cool. Uh, Maria is so funny and, uh, and a very kind person to sit down and talk with me. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we will have regular coffees with Tony coming out subsequently after this. Um, yes, the world is a mess. And what can we do? Go search for Black Lives Matter online and find the resources offered there. Go to Act Blue for an easy donation portal. Um, we did the ads uh, and all that stuff, so uh, there's plenty of plugs to go around for Maria and myself. Um, so I'm going to end on that note and uh, just end by saying, once again, Black Lives Matter. And um, this transformation must continue through the summer into the fall, and then we have to get this fascist out of office. Uh, because uh, he is a danger to us all. And uh, I hope that we can um, all get behind that idea. I think even if you are a right-wing, bushy Republican 
please, like, abandon the, the ego and realize that this guy is beyond the pale. Beyond the pale of the normal hegemonic, uh, violent international order that we are all participating in. He's even worse than that. So uh, think about it that way. All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, I'll see you next week.